You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Recovering from Gary's wedding. Uh, on a wen- on a Wednesday night, non-game night, but we're doing a special garden report insert uh, for a couple different reasons. Well, one, it is the unofficial uh, start to NBA trade season, and that's initially what we were doing the show about. Uh, we're also, because we, everyone loves talking trades, after the show, uh, we're going to invite all of you. To, we're going to try something new tonight. We're going to do Twitter Spaces. Um, in order to do that, it would help if you followed Celtic CLNS on Twitter. We'll remind you as the night goes on uh, and jump on with us. Uh, and we're going to talk, uh, you know, talk trades and talk a few other things. But uh, all of this stuff got Trump today when the guy who the Celtics, who let Bobby know, right in the middle good. of the big setup. Damn, Bobby. This, this is not a, this Bobby, is not are we going to be okay here? Are we going to be all right? I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm going through some Joe Sway style issues here. So, we're just ramping up into this, okay? Um, just as we were talking about, oh, trades and blah, blah, blah. And also, everything is fun and nice in Celtics land. And Grant, Grant Williams is going to be in the three-point shootout, or who knows, you know. And, uh, <laughs> Ooh, and he's, he's going to pass Curry right. soon, and everyone's making that joke. Right. Uh, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy's on Twitter being a funny guy uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and Jason and Jalen love each other and they pass a lot and this is what we can be. And then the guy, Danny, Danny, age out of nowhere, the the guy who apparently was so tired uh, of, uh, of, of the work in Boston um, that he decided to step away six months later, gets the itch, the itch to return. So here we go. Uh, just unfiltered reactions right out of the gate before we get into it. We're going to play a couple of clips, a couple sound bites from that as well. Talk a little bit of Danny, uh, but Sherrod, go for it. Love it. <laughs> Love it. There is no better day on the NBA calendar than Trader Danny to get back in a game on the day when players who are signed over the summer can be traded. It is absolutely priceless that he would come back and return on this day. He could not have choreographed it any better than that and let's be honest if if you're if this is this is such a danny age type of thing to do to come back <laughs> on this particular day i love it i absolutely love that he's back in the game he waited absolutely. till grant he waited till grant had a couple good games so his resume would look a little shinier and then exactly. he walked he walked right he walked right through that door and he's like he did the belichick walking in detroit walk you know he just walks right in here I am. 
Boom. No, he knew he knew about this date though. Yeah, for sure. I, I like I like how Sharad put that. He definitely knew about this date. This is all by design, I think for sure. And I love it. It's good for the NBA. Like it's listen, so good. The U, the Utah Jazz for one reason or another just haven't been able to get over the hump, right? You know, they, they had the talent, they've had the roster, you know, they, they keep saying that this could be our year, this could be our year. Well, this is the guy that they think they could get them over the hump, whether that means restructuring the roster in a certain way to help these guys, like of course guys like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Or, the, you know, does he go down the other route and, and split those guys and does a, a groundbreaking trade? Who knows? You know, it adds drama to the NBA. And for sure, it adds drama to the Celtics situation because everyone in the back of their minds thinking, well, what does it mean for the Celtics? You know, can, can somehow they make some sort of deal here that will help the Celtics in some type of way? I don't know if they would involve someone like Donovan Mitchell. So, but who knows? You know, I mean, everyone's thinking. Yeah, that. he's not going there to help the Celtics. I mean, no, right. Exactly. But like. At the same time, it adds just the opposite to the drama. I mean, you think about the NBA and how you can't like it's unscripted, you know. And at the same time, some people predicted this a few months ago, but here it is, you know, Danny Ainge back in the NBA. Yeah, it's kind of mysterious, not in the sense that you didn't expect it to happen, because I think this was fairly well forecasted from the start. His willingness to come back into the league and do it with a Utah. I know we kicked around Portland a little bit for obvious reasons, but the Jazz were always going to be the team that piqued his interest, and he even said today that he expected them to come calling. You know, he kind of had an idea that the owner of the Jazz uh, was going to come along and look for him to step into this role. Now, the role's really weird. Seems like he's just kind of like a shadow GM to the GM who's already there. They had to assert several times that the GM in place, uh, Justin Zanuck, I believe, is still in full control there and is going to be taking calls and doing all these other things. So I'm not really sure what Danny's job is out there. He's certainly not going to be wheeling and dealing. I mean, this Jazz team's kind of set with what they have here. Uh, so Never know. I don't I don't know how much suspense Jay Z is still in charge. Okay, Jay Z is still running things. He made that clear today. But here's the thing yeah. about that, though. He he may be, like, officially running things, but they didn't bring Danny in here just to sit in the Is corner this like and more just smile. Family? Yeah. I think you're going to see Danny slowly but surely kind of slow drip his way into power in Utah. And it makes sense. That yeah, team is just this, you don't come in like that. You're right. He's It's his show, yeah. but he's going to, in the beginning, be like, he's got no. to play his role. Right, because he has to evaluate the situation. I'm just here, I'm just here to help. Why. Yeah, I'm beginning to. He's going to play his part in the situation. When he puts in his two cents and when he wants to make moves, guys will back that up. You know, he has the track record. When the GM answers to you, you're not here to help. You're the boss. (laughs) Okay. This, you know, it just is what it is. But it's a nice, it's it's a title that will make the general manager feel a little better about their job and less like, Whatever, and it's it's complicated know, but, because the other guy's gonna be doing the work, right? And Danny's ramping back his it's, hours. It's perfect for Danny. That's it's the new world without accountability. That's, that's the Look way at, he likes it. Exactly. That's the way he's he gonna likes have it. power without. You could never get away with that, that in Boston. With without the hustle. Right. No, I mean, look, this is exactly what I mean. You see this a lot of times now. People come in and they hire their you know, their GMs, which is like, can you do all the busy work? And I'll just say yes and no, you know, like Dave Dombrowski, he came in from the Red Sox and they're like, yeah, Ben can stay as GM. And Ben's like, fuck that, you know, get out of here. And he left, but then they hired a GM. So there was a GM under Dave Dombrowski, but Dave Dombrowski's running the show. I know this is a weird title, um, you know, but it's basically he's president of basketball operations and he has a GM underneath him, you know, like, who does the whatever? So he's I'm running. Glad that's the show. not the situation. And, and he's really. but the thing about it, Danny is in a position where he's insulated. If things go sideways, that's not on him. 
because he's not the GM. But if things go amazingly awesome and Utah finds a way to win a championship this year, guess who's going to get a lot of the, that, that blame pie? Danny yeah. Ainge. Perfect. This is why I love Danny. This is such a Danny Ainge power move. I love this. I love yeah. this. I you well, tell. Right from yeah. that NBC interview we kicked around last week. You could tell him. from the press conference and from the way that the shakeup went down that Danny, look, and this is what it all comes down to, and I'll ask you once again. I was very dubious that Danny just said in February or March, oh, I'm tired. No. It, he was clearly nudged nicely out the door uh, in an organization that wanted to make sweeping changes. And Danny was like, we love everything you've done, but what do you think? Maybe, maybe we're done here and we'll give you a soft landing and an easy exit and make it seem like it's a retirement. And that's what I always believed. Does anything here change your mind? No, I, 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 I think that this Danny right now, knew, it, right? Well, I think Danny at that point knew that, you know, if he walked away from the game, he was going to have some options on getting back into it. It was a matter of not if, but when he would want to re-engage himself. So to me, Danny knew that this is probably how things are going to work out within a year or so after he left the Celtics. He would wind up in an organization that had a much closer and frankly, more realistic shot at winning a championship than he was going to have here in Boston. And it would allow him to kind of pick and choose the organization that he would be with. And even though with this situation in Utah, they said that it, it, it kind of started to snowball when they were in the Bahamas playing golf or <laughs> all that stuff, which, again, I think that may have been part of the conversation, but I don't think that was the He test. must be so good think, at golf. Yeah, exactly. At some point, listen, the thing about Danny Ainge, we all know this. He is a competitor. How many times are you really going to get juiced up about beating someone's ass in, in, you know, in, in, you know, round of 18 or 36. At some point, you want to get back to what really drives you, what gets your adrenaline pump. As Danny talked about, he was back in the gym in Utah, and he was feeling that adrenaline rush. He needs that. He is a basketball lifer. This extends that in a way that, frankly, benefits him because, like I said earlier, he has the ability to get credit for the success without the accountability for failure. That is how it's going to play out in Utah. If they struggle or suck or whatever, that ain't no well, Danny. Danny's, listen, we don't do care. Well, about, it is about Danny. I love we don't, it. I love we it. don't care. We don't care about the Jazz ultimately. Why isn't he here? That's the question of the day, right? Well, Why isn't he in well it's a question. It's the a question of the day because you asked it, but. Um, and yeah, I agree. It was a good, it's a really good sure. question. And I, I was yeah. going to play that in one second. I want to play this soundbite first, Bobby, and then I'm going to get to yours. Cause it was a really good question. The, yeah. Two questions. One, why isn't he here for sure? Uh, the other was just basically him talking about, uh, you know what? I might just skip ahead to the Bobby question. I like that one better. Hold on. I'll pull yeah. out Bobby's question because there's a little bit of both in here. What age mm-hmm. ultimately said was he was tired. Um, of Boston, you know, he got a little fed up with it, but Bobby, uh, you know, asked him this question, uh, at the press conference today. I'm curious with this new role you're taking on, whether this would have been possible in Boston with something where maybe you took a backseat to Brad stepping into that GM role, were there any discussions like that to kind of have a role in Boston, possibly like this one where you did say, take a step back and why wasn't that possible in the end? Um, I think that's a good question. That's been asked before, but, um, you know, I just needed a break. And, you know, right now Boston has moved on. They have three capable people and uh, Brad Stevens and Austin Ainge and Mike Zarin. They could run the organizations by themselves. Very capable people that have got great experience in the business. So 
Um, I just felt that the organization was in great hands moving forward. <laughs> yeah, like, not much. You I this? love Danny. Yeah, but they, they look at Danny's face. He's like, you believe this guy right now? Yeah, I've been asked that damn question 867 times, Bobby Manny, which is not true. Um, It's not true, and it was a great, it was a great question, which was Bobby. I'm going to tell you why I love the question beyond whatever is. It is a roundabout way of basically saying you were fired, right? You know, because what you're saying is great. You have this, your reasons for leaving Boston were the day to day grind, and you needed to step back, and life and family, and all of these things. And now you're taking a role that theoretically would allow you to do that because it's not as demanding as the previous. So that begs the question, Mr. Manning, why not here? And the answer is because they didn't freaking want me. So again, while he didn't straight up answer it, Bobby, he basically did. He told you, yeah, yeah. I really, it really wasn't happening. Well, he said I, they had I'm, a good thing going there, you know, and I think it think... coincides with saying, you know, they were yeah. ready to move on to email and a whole nother, you know, no. setup. See, I, I guess the other thing was that at all involved. I think the, the bigger the bigger factor in all of this was the fact that Danny was at a point where he just didn't see any, frankly, pathway towards success with him running the show. And rather than just try to draw this thing out, rather than him having to go fire, because here's the thing, just think about the fact that if let's say he did stay and he fired Brad, guess what? He still has to clean up all of this ish that is left. He left if a mess on the like, he, le- yes, he left know, a mess on the rug. Yeah, yeah see, I agree with this, Sherrod, but this, also this was the yeah. this was the great Heisman move on his part to distance himself from all the mess in Boston, take a few months off, play a little golf in the Bahamas, and and, and go see the family out west, and know that at some point Utah or Portland was going to come calling with I, something real. And when it came time yeah. to figure out what exactly would your role be, and Danny gave us he gave us clues. Every single time we talked to him about what his next job would be. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to come back into the game, but I don't want to have the same role that I had in Boston. I don't want to be involved in a day-to-day translation. If you want to hire me, you better have someone in place who's going to do the day-to-day because it's not going to be this guy. So that's you, exactly you, what he's got. And I, you love, say it. I love it for him. Yeah, see, I think, I think that's part of it too, but I also think that he knew that if I really want – like. I didn't, if I'm, if I'm, I'm talking about stuff from Danny Age, right? I didn't think it would take this long, you know? I think he thought that Jalen and Tatum and, and Kyrie, whether whatever scenario or, or the Kemba situation, once he realized this thing's going to take another two, three years, I'm not in for that. Two, you know three what? years? I don't have that kind of patience right now. I want to be in another situation where I can, you know, like you said, kick back, relax, and also take that break before I'm ready to take that next step, you know? Well, I, I don't think, think the Utah said- thing was in his mind, but I think that he was ready for opportunity like this to present itself. I think he got sick and tired of dealing with the fact that every damn great idea and plan he had somehow got sabotaged. I mean, you bring in Gordon Hayward, great idea. Gordon gets hurt the first game. You make a trade for Kyrie, great idea. Kyrie says he wants to come back. Then he says he doesn't want to come back. Okay, you hoodwink, bamboozle, however the hell you want to call it what you did with Philly to get Tatum and a first-round pick out of it, great idea. Tatum emerges. He's a great player but he's not quite ready to be the face of the franchise. Jalen Brown, another good pick. Again, not quite where you need to be in order to be a championship elite team right now. So if you're Danny, you're thinking like, damn, what else can I possibly do here to put us in position to win? It seems everything I do, for some reason, 
doesn't quite work. So yeah, you say fire, John. I, I do think, like Sherrod said, there was probably some level of agreement from Danny that this just isn't working for either side here. I don't right. necessarily think the Celtics would have just booed him out the door entirely if he wanted some sort of role. At the same time, I do think there's got to be some. I don't think so. I, I think over the last couple of years. Again, it's hard to say, Bobby, and you might be right. Um, I think um, it's hard to keep him around if you're basically telling him your leadership and stewardship kind of got us to this point right now. While we value and revere everything you've done for this organization and bringing us the banner, and we want you, you we, we want to just remember you for the good things. You've really screwed things up in the last three, four years in a pretty almost irreparable way so we need completely new direction in here so that's i don't the want key point. i don't want you in over somebody's shoulder signing off because that's kind of sort of you still making the decisions listen, so it I'm, is it I'm is not uh, you can't really bring him well like i said it was a good question in the sense that it gives you clarity on the on on the question how did the exit actually go down which really seems to me and always has like a force out um but I don't think it would have worked with him staying here because I just don't think you wanted him. You wanted it. You didn't want his fingerprints on anything going forward. You really wanted a clean sheet and to start all over. But why Brad? That's the outstanding question. The money, right? I think. And again, we keep going back to the same thing. I really oh, yeah. do feel that Absolutely. this is a. Oh, Brad, Brad was gone. Ainge was gone. Danny slipped it in, in a really subtle way in that answer, which is like, they've got a good team there with Brad and Austin and Zarin. I really feel like this is the little triumvirate there that's kind of the placeholder GM situation in Boston that had to do with Brad's look we said it there Danny got fired Brad got fired up you know they wanted a new coach and a new GM they moved Brad up because they thought he he, he could utilize that some of his so skills there to me. and it is very weird is but weird. that's what that's what made the most sense then I still think it makes the most sense now as you're starting to get some answers Danny clearly wanted to keep working six months later he gets a job I mean that's he could, you know, that's it. That's, that's, that's the story. Um, and right now, whatever's happening there, what's interesting to me is does Brad start, what happens if Austin and Zarin leave? Then is Danny hiring, you know, because I, I thought about that that's, as well. That's my fear. Yeah. That, 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 is that, that seems that likely after this season. Now you're left with Brad. Now it's a, you know, Esser get off the pot situation with Brad of like, is he really the GM? Austin and is he really Stanley. running the whole thing? You know? Yeah, we'll see about Zarin. There could sort of be a split there, maybe, because it's ultimately yeah. who wants to go out to Utah and relocate and restart and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, that split, listen, it's not as relevant okay. for us here and what we're talking about. That's we're, really we're waiting on Presty. We're waiting on Presty. You know, maybe if, if I'm going, if I'm going to lose Zarin, bring me Presty. That's the that's the only thing because I, I. Well, then you're restarting the organization, yeah, which is scary if, in its own right. Is pretty yeah, but on the fly though. When it yeah, comes he would he would restart it on the fly. It wouldn't be. I mean, Trusty is pretty damn good about this. See now, that's what I thing. didn't want though. You have this year where Brad does all of this stuff and lays a groundwork for something, and then all of a sudden a new ideology comes in here, even if it's better. Man, did you waste some time here? But you Bobby, did. Here, here's the thing, Bobby. It won't matter if the person who comes in here leads you to a championship. Look Ooh. at Golden State, the team that's coming into the building Friday. Mark Jackson laid the groundwork for that yeah. team to be. It's really different good. with the coach versus the GM, though. Well, 
Uh, I'm not so sure about that. Steve Kerr comes in and builds on that foundation and gets into that next step. You don't have to like the fact that they brought Steve Kerr, but you can't deny the fact that he got the job done that had to be done. And if Brass does a great job of laying his foundation and you bring in a Sam Presti or whoever or, or Mike Zarin to, to run the show and they can win a championship, then everyone did what they were supposed to do. Job yeah, I was certainly skeptical of how long Brad would be for this job, and that still is a question going forward, 100%. But if you were going to go the Presti direction and change there, do it last year. You know, fire Brad entirely and get the new guy in here. You're just it, kind it of bidding the time for money. To, I think yeah, it goes back to what John was saying earlier about the money. I, I think that is a big yeah, factor. That would be incredibly only, frustrating. Because then you're paying Brad, and then you're going to have to pay the new GM. And – at no, the point, thinking would be like, Brad would go coach somewhere else. I don't, I don't think they're ever gonna fire him, right? If that, if the money was the motivation, I think Brad will walk away at some point. That's what it would have to be. Fire him. I think, I think he'll walk away. That's what it would have to be. I think it would be way too early to do something like that, though. Anyways, like you let Brad assess the situation because he's the yeah. one that knows these guys best from the locker room, and then transitioning into this, right. you know, whether it means drafting and his knowledge from his connections in the NCAA. And, Moving forward, we we knew from the beginning at least a two year period with Brad, and then we'll see what happens next. But in the meantime, I think Brad Brad stays. But you think Brad? Yeah, it's not going to be anytime soon. I don't think it'll be anytime soon. But you know, yeah, Brad second round, John. I I never thought so. Again, nothing today makes me think different. Um, uh, from before, uh, you, you know, just about like how the situ- how the situation went down. Because again. Brad is a coach down to his bones. The idea that Brad Stevens is better served as a GM than the coach of this team has al- always seemed dubious to me. Um, never made sense. This is it who Brad Stevens is. He's the molder. He's a he's a teacher. He's a he's a really uh, smart, forward-thinking basketball mind. He belongs on the court. That's his thing. This seems. It seemed completely out of character, which is why we all dropped our jaw. doesn't mean he can't do a good job. It's possible he can. It just seemed odd, and the reasoning behind it seemed fairly obvious, which was placeholder, move this up, hold the line, let's you know, put a Band-Aid on this, you know, and then we'll move forward in a little bit after, you know, we've you know, paid down some of your salary. We can get this done this way. That's what it seems like. But who knows, man, they may love everything about him and think he's boy genius. And that's that. And, you know, and so, so be it. He could be here for 10, 15 years. I don't think so. Um, But that's it. I know people in the chat are a little bit um, tired of talking, rehashing stuff that happened already. We just wanted to talk about this because it was fresh. Um, Anything else before we move on to the trade stuff, which I know you guys were interested in um, as, as, you know, trade season has officially opened up here. So we're going to start talking a little bit about that um, and how quickly we see some moves already a little bit, a little bit of buzz out there. So we'll, we'll talk about that, but guys, you want to put a bow on Ainge here at all? I'm good. I'm good. I'm to good. Move on. I, I just, I'm just glad that he's back in the game. I, 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 I'm listen, I don't agree with with a lot of the things that Danny does, but I respect the hell about the way he approaches things and how competitive he is in that role. And Again, I'm, I'm glad to see he's back in the game. And, and frankly, um, his role is awesome. I mean, accountability when things go well, no accountability when things suck. <laughs> he's got the best job in the NBA he's right like, now. Sign me up. Right. Yes. Yeah, agreed. I Guys, mean, final thoughts day, here? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm just going to say at the end of the day, you know, that's what he is. That's who he is to, to the heart. You know, he's a competitor. And I think that he's going to take that 
that spirit out west and, and and find that opening and you know with the Lakers looking the way they're looking and you know there are a couple of teams obviously at the top there but Utah you know they have the talent for it so I I think it's going to be interesting to see what he does with the with the, with the team and you know from that from that role. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see it. Bobby's mad. He's like, man, what's going Listen, on? Listen, you know, it's I was, weird. I was weird, always, but... I was always one of the guys who blamed James more than Brad. I, like, I never wanted to fire Brad. I thought he did a fine job as coach. I thought he was a great leader for this cool. team in the head coaching role. Listen, ultimately, no, I know man, Brad I had know. to go. Come on, Bobby, I gotta stop you right there. Brad had to go. You know that, right? Yeah, like, I know were, that. They were done point. listening to him. Not that he's a bad coach, but with this group, they were done listening to him. But <laughs> it's, 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 it's not his fault. I think he's an excellent coach, but, but right, they, it's not his fault. You know why no one? You know why no one in the chat cares about this? Is because everybody wanted Ainge gone at that point. Like no one was sad to see him go. Maybe I think two... more people wanted Brad gone, Bobby. Oh, yeah. but I think many would have been fine with both. But Ainge yep. certainly from 2019 on, it was bad move after mistake after missed draft pick. He made all the right moves up until then, and his legacy secure is one of the great GMs the game has seen, building two championship level cores ten years apart. But man, did those last two years kill them and kind of leave you where we are yeah. now in terms of the flexibility and trades and all that stuff? Doesn't destroy his legacy. Yeah, but yeah, it was yeah, time it, to go. It, one fatal flaw. You consolidated all of your assets waiting for that big Kyrie Anthony Davis party that never that never happened. And you sold out on Kyrie. Well, not only lure, that, you had to you lure had AD. So you held your assets. AD said, screw you. Kyrie said, screw you. Then Al did. You're and screwed. Then, and then Gordon did. And you drafted everybody and you lost them. And you let people walk for nothing. And you're right. So it was one after the chain of events after that. Really. I'm most frustrated he, he, by 2020. He owns it. He owns it because all of that happened. Um, you had a he champion. Was, he was holding, holding, holding for the big. This is going to put us as a superpower team for the next decade, and it just okay. didn't happen. Didn't happen. Even after the Kyrie and Davis stuff passed, you still had enough talent to win a championship in 2020. No. Um, no. Maybe the Kemba decision wasn't the right one. But say you keep Roger and Horford and make some other moves in that position instead. Again, I'm never going to question. Bench. I'm never going to question Bobby the Kyrie trade, which we were all a thousand out of a thousand people thought that was a phenomenal deal, yep. and you would do it again, and it you blew up, and it happens, and nobody wanted Rozier back, and everybody was geeked up that Kemba was going to be the Kyrie replacement at the time. Both of those seemed like phenomenal moves. They just ended up not working, but yeah. he swung them both. And I, th those were, those looked like wins and they didn't end up being wins. So I'm not going to yeah. do the hindsight game on those because I think universally everyone was like, that's great. And the first few months of Kemba, Kemba you're like, oh my God, it's like 90%, yeah. it's like 90% of Kyrie without the drama. He, and and right. what a good guy. And people like him. We'll take He's better this, than Kyrie. <laughs> well, no, Bobby, what, what, what I thought you were going to say is that 2020 team in the bubble was completely healthy. Obviously Kemba Walker, no injuries. Gordon Hayward is completely healthy. You know what that team would have done with the talent they had, but they were close even with all those injuries. So yeah, maybe you get a bench right, piece in there, you you flip some of the picks. Right. You don't go as young as they did with that 2019 draft. I mean, there are so many second guesses from those two years, and feels like yeah. forever ago now. But yeah. man, they could have won it all that year.
All right, the Garden Report postgame show, as always, is brought to you by our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline. Just go to betonline.ag, use the code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We've got it all going right now. you got basketball, hockey, NFL yeah. football, NCAA football, horses, MMA, golf. Is there still golf? If there isn't, there there's, will be there's, there's, there's always golf. golf there's on. always some yeah. kind of golf. Props, live betting, all kinds of weird stuff. Out outside of the sports realm, anything you want to you know place a bet on? Yep. BetOnline's got it. BetOnline.ag. Code CLNS50. 50% welcome bonus. Go check it out right now. And as always, make sure to gamble responsibly. All right. So let's move along. Uh, as we said, uh, one of the reasons we were going to do the show in the first place, because the trade season uh, started, want to give people a little programming note. Uh, what we're going to do right after we're done talking here, we're going to take this over at, to Twitter spaces. Probably I'm going to judge your trades like uh, like Ramsey. Bobby is going to really weigh is. in on your trades. And if he doesn't like them, bam, drops the <laughs> hammer, just launches you into Twitter space. Um, you know, and that's it. Out of Twitter space. <laughs> Right, launches you right into Twitter space. You're going to get unfiltered, um, Bobby. Yeah. So oh we are boy. doing it, a little program. It's called Trading Spaces. Get it? Um, so join us on Twitter uh, for that. <laughs> um, right after this show, we'll literally direct you. Make sure you follow us at Celtics CLNS um, to talk about some trades. So let's talk about some trades. Um, unofficial start to the season. You know, People start theorizing stuff. You obviously get the agents jumping in and a little Ben Simmons chatter and blah, blah, blah. But um, where's everyone's head at in terms of the Celtics here as things kind of open up, both in terms of what you want to see them do and also just in terms of timing. I know everyone is talking about buyers or sellers. I think that's a huge conversation that's going to be had. I think you're going to have to figure it out. December is a brutal month, but the schedule gets more favorable in January. You're going to really have to look at where you are and whether or not you think you're anything more than a play-in team. But if you're not, then you have to talk about selling. So where's your mind at right now? Are you in a buy mode or sell mode? Sherrod, start with you. I am in a sell mode because uh, here's the thing. I think you can move a couple of pieces and help yourself in the short and long term. I, I think that there are some guys out there that you really, if you're the Boston Celtics, you need to make a legitimate inquiry beyond just, hey, how's this guy doing for? Uh, one guy that I would love to see in a Celtics uniform is Cam Reddish, who I think is going to be a pretty good player in the right situation. Atlanta's just not a good fit for him. Um, he, it's, it's, it's you think clearly, that one's possible? What's that? You think it's possible? Well, I, I think, well, well, let's put it this way. He's available. I do know that. And it's just a matter of, do you have any assets within the Celtics roster that they would be interested in? I, that, to me, that's the issue. That's the so biggest I issue. I love that one. I I don't love Cam Reddish. I didn't like him at Duke. I obviously scouted him pretty heavily coming in in the draft that year, and I thought he was so underwhelming that season. But, man, when he's on, he can shoot. He's got shooting pedigree. He's a defensive wing. And this guy was – like, you look back on that Zion, uh, you know, R.J. Barrett class, he was as good of a prospect coming out of high school as either of those guys, maybe better. Um, so he hasn't worked, like you said, with the Hawks. I love the idea of maybe being able to flip Schroeder for him. Maybe you have to compensate with a pick or something. I you think it'd what? be if, worth it. because If I need to throw in one of my late as hell in the first round picks to get that deal done, the deal's going to get done. If and that's Atlanta what gets that a backup point guard. That'll be the difference. 
That's a yeah. dream kind of shakeup deal midseason for the Celtics. I, 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 I love the idea. Shooting, though, and, and if you're Atlanta, if you're he's Atlanta, a shooter, just way. Yeah, he's a shooter, but I want a sharpshooter. I want someone like I don't know, someone who's not a streak shooter, who's having a uh, kind of a down year in Sacramento. You know, he's 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 approaching thirty. In Atlanta, like Buddy Heald. Uh, you know, Buddy has been in the league like two years and he's approaching 30. That should tell you something there, Joe Sway. Yeah, but he hasn't had a good situation, man. I'm telling I mean, you, he's old, Joe Sway. he needs two of the best. You, old. you don't have good situations because no, you're he, old. Yo, and but he's, he's expensive. He's on the right side of Cam, 30, Red, Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish. He's not on the wrong side well, of 30. He's on the right Cam side Cam Reddish has a career 38% field goal percentage and 32% from three. That's why you can get him. Buddy Hill's having a down year, which I think works in the Celtics' favor for a trade, right? He's a career 40% three-point shooter. You know, he has the spacing with playing alongside guys like Tatum and Brown. That's the most important part. I don't think that they – I think they can pull this trade off without trading one of those guys. This feels like another – this feels like another – Guy who can't shoot but will shoot. We got a lot of those, you know. <laughs> no, he can't he's, shoot. He's, he's twenty. Oh, so wait, those guys, wait, wait. there's those a lot of those guys. Over forty percent in the career. I'm one of those guys. <laughs> he likes three I'm pointers, but three pointers don't like him. You know, Dude, look, this is the guy. This is the type of guy that'll be motivated in this situation, and he'll get some. He'll give you some defense on the other end because of his athleticism and because of his his strength. That, that defense that you never saw in Sacramento, you're not, not going to get that same effort in Boston. I don't think. Look, John's again. This is this would be a deal that you don't give away one of your top guys. It's gonna take a, a future first for sure. I think you know you 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 package uh, Richardson. You you package uh, you know so either Romeo or Neesmith and, and, and Hancho. You know to, to 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 make the contracts worth, and then you put that first round pick to, to put a bow in it. Listen, this is this would be after the Sacramento Kings have tried other options. They say you know th- this is one of the best options for them. You know, so this is I don't mind the idea. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be easy for the Celtics, but I I think it's feasible. Holy shit, Buddy Heel turns twenty nine in in like two days. I'm telling you, he's on- he's on the right <laughs> side of thirty. All right, that's the right side. Oh my god! So I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't knock it, John, because he's six years older than friggin'. He's, he's six years. That old. works in the Celtics' favor, okay? The Kings. This is six years older than take, Jason Tatum. The Kings will take a chance. Jason Tatum's pension deal. kicks in soon. Listen, All right. the Kings will take a chance on Neesmith in this deal if you couple it with the first-round pick, if you couple it with someone like, you know, Hernan Gomez. And guess what? They're all off the books by 2023. <laughs> so they can go into free agency with a little bit of cash, you know, if they don't like, if they don't like what they see. I'm not knocking. Off the books. By the way, I missed you, Jack. And where have you been, buddy? Anyway. Um, I'm not our, knocking one, one it, our regulars. I'm not knocking it. In fact, I think it's feasible just because of how long – Sacramento's been trying to get off of him. I'm just not sure those four guys get it done. Uh, there's probably something out there, and he's expensive. That's a killer, right? Like 22 that's million the, for three years. Bobby, that's yeah. I mean, that, and that's really my biggest issue with it is the cost tag. Is, is the price tag? Because all he does is oh, shoot. He doesn't give you million, anything 20 million else. Million is going to be nothing in the NBA. Come on. That's big yeah, tax but, money but though for way, Boston. Listen, I want a guy who can do more than just you know knock down shots because there, there are guys in the league who do that. Let's make no mistake. He can. I'm good. I just want to knock down shots. He can really shoot. They need someone like this, man. You know, he's not. He's not. He's not Ray or Steph Curry, but you know, he's just someone that's going to get open looks, and they don't. They don't have someone like that. They haven't had someone like that in a really long time. Doesn't it feel like Levert for that 17 million TPE we have just seems perfect? By the way, Karis Levert. Yeah. Oh, all in. Absolutely. I'm all in on that. You have. You have exactly. 
a seventeen million dollar TPE yeah. here. I would love out of the you, everyone that's that that's been rumored to trade from Indiana. He's my favorite one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't love that deal. Make that I don't think happen. I don't think he solves your problems, but man, you get this team that's cheap and has to get away from that tax line to just dump all that money on you. I think that's a great buy to take if you're Boston and send them Schroeder or something to just, you know, cut money there and send a guy over that they can still sustain with. I love that idea, John. I just don't think it's a magic. It's not magic, but again, I I think we have to be, you really, we can't play this game. We can't play the, yeah, he's really good, but he's not great at pick and roll defense. Like you're not getting the problem. But he's not cheap. He's not cheap. I understand that, but you have to, you got to weigh everything. Where are you getting it? You know, uh, what else is coming down the pike? Are you, are you going to be able the, 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 the money expires. So it's use it or lose it. You don't have the space to go sign someone like that on your own. You don't have draft picks that are developed who are ready to step into roles. You've got to roll the dice on guys who you think you can grow with, who might have, whose arrow might be pointing up and you can't look at their warts, you know, like that's the best shot you have, or you just fold up your tent and wait around for the, you know, for the perfect situation that may or may not come you're gonna have to take a leap of faith with somebody you're gonna have to love josh richardson to me is a band-aid it's a two-year it's a band-aid for a guy who's a professional basketball player and isn't semi-ogele essentially like levert is a guy who you think this guy might turn into you know all-star caliber type of guy you know here with us doing playing alongside these guys maybe that's what i'm not saying he will but if you feel strongly about it, you take the you you take the leap of faith, and the and the money in two years that's going to be nothing. You know, like seventeen million is nothing. That's middle. That's lower middle class money in the NBA. You know, uh, where the direction things are going, it's not that much money. Bobby, we lost you. Lost your audio. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not that. It's not. It's not that bad, especially because you're, you're taking a chance on a guy who's proven he can be a scorer for you. He can produce. He can produce off the dribble. He can give you constant offense, which is what this team essentially needs from guys who are, you know, not named Tatum or Brown. Yeah, you know, that'd be huge. That's true. He is always hurt. You know, that's the he that's is the, hurt. But like I said, making, but uh, Sher- Sherrod likes him. I do. The, the guy that I, I like even more is just not available though because he's he's out with with a foot injury, and that's T.J. Warren. TJ Warren, buckets. I yeah, mean, I don't know if he's going to be the same, Sherrod. Right. I don't know well, but, but that's that's why to me he's not someone that's even in the conversation because he's still he hasn't played a game yet this year. Right. Still out with the foot injury. I think he had a scan today that they said was favorable. Whatever the hell favorable means when you get a foot scan. There's still no timetable for the, op- the opposite of what Zion shows. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> unnecessary dig but okay yeah if it, if it doesn't look like zion's foot it's it's promising yeah <laughs> all right guys quick pause we want to tell you about one of our sponsors and that is insa we're welcoming welcoming back insa insa one, yeah exactly it's one of massachusetts premier cannabis dispensaries insa i-n-s-a uh yeah. their founders pat and pete they re-engineered the cannabis model uh, from what they sell to how they sell it. Uh, Insta dispensaries are inviting. They're modern. Uh, the staff are authorities on the science. Uh, they go in there. They can answer any question, difference between flowers, concentrates, uh, what you want to take for insomnia, anxiety. Edibles. Uh, 
hanging out with friends, whatever you want. They'll tell you exactly uh, what you need to fill your needs. Uh, world-class head chef there as well. And again, the founders, one thing we want to tell you about head them, they're chef. local. They're local. Uh, they're from they're from Western Mass. Salem. Yep. No. Oh, yeah. Located in Salem. But There's a location in Salem. They're from Springfield. Bobby yeah, jumped the gun because the, the Salem location <laughs> is near his Stop house. Springfield. But they're lifelong pals from Springfield. Um, there's a couple of uh, locations out there, one near the MGM Casino. You can also go to East Hampton or, as Bobby said, Salem. Salem. This is the thing. Not enough people took advantage of this, so we're going to tell you about the deal one more time. If you go there and you mention that the Garden Report told you to stop by, mm -hmm. you get a T-shirt for a penny. That's literally all you have to do. And then you get anything else you want there, too. That's not on us, but the T-shirt is on us. One penny. You know what? And I have a couple T-shirts, and they're very comfy, too. So yes. go to in Get that green one. Otherwise, go to insa.com or call 877-500-INSA for any uh, inquiries you have about anything else uh, going on. But if you want the T-shirt for a penny, just mention the Garden Report. Go get yourself some. Once yeah, again. Ha have a good time. Yeah, have a good time. Visit the various locations throughout Massachusetts or go to insa.com or call 877-500-INSA. On uh, LaVert, I, I don't know what Indiana would be asking for him. I'd assume it'd have to be a pick or something. Maybe one of the young players. Definitely a first round. It, yeah. it wouldn't be a devastating package to give up. I just think it's a little expensive for a guy that hasn't shown a ton of promise. Some promise in Brooklyn, in Burst. You know, nothing in Indiana. He's had a rough year there. I like Chirac's idea better in terms of a young player that still has first camp reddish, who's 22. Uh, you know, LaVert's 27. Has shooting pedigree. LaVert has never been a shooter. I think the fit would be troublesome next to the Jays. He's another guy that needs the ball in his hands. Reddish is a guy that doesn't really need the ball at all. You know, ideally, if there's space for him to operate, he can knock down shots. He's an excellent defender. That's a real buy-low option that I love because it hasn't worked out for him in Atlanta. You read the numbers, John. They, they haven't been good for him there yeah. through a couple seasons now. But this is a guy that was a consensus top three pick coming into his draft class and ended up falling because of a bad year. Maybe he's just not good. You know, I didn't love him at Duke. I haven't loved him in the league. But there was well, some pedigree there that I think you buy low on. And he only makes a rookie yeah. deal, so you can flip Schroeder for him maybe. And that's right. And that's to me yeah, what makes it, well. you know, a, a worthy roll of the dice. It's not – It's to me, it's it's a very low-risk, high-reward. I think Atlanta could use Schroeder too, right? What's that? I think Atlanta could use Schroeder. They don't really have oh, a backup yeah, point use him. Absolutely. Everyone can use Schroeder, Bobby. The question yeah. is whether anyone views Schroeder as when it comes down to the the decision to trade Schroeder or not to trade Schroeder. It's less about there's the two there's two angles to it. One, what kind of message it sends to the Jays, which I know you guys have talked about. And well, that's we, why you, know, you get back a player. We agree. We we can agree to not agree to disagree. I think it sends a bad message, but I also think they're not dumb and they'll know. Like, I know people are competitive, but you know what you've got. And if you're right. talking about guys, we're really trying to build for something here and take a big swing in the off season. And we need to stockpile some assets. We're going to need some picks because we're going to go try to get somebody good, good, good. And we need assets and we don't have them now. So Listen, he's we're on gonna, a one year deal. They know people, the game. People will understand this. You're on a one year deal. This is how the game is played. I think I don't think Jalen and Jason are going to quit on the organization and demand trades because you traded Schroeder. They might be slightly disappointed, but I don't think it kills you. The other question is whether any team values him um, enough to give up a real asset. And, and that's see, the thing about it, whether, he's, whether he elevates you. Go ahead, Schroeder. That's, that's, 
the thing about Atlanta, though, is that, you know, if, if ever there was a year where they're in win-now mode, it's now. They want to have – because they, they came so close last year and they realized they're just maybe maybe one or two rotational pieces away from maybe getting over that hump. And when you look at what Schroeder has done with the Celtics, you look at his past, you know, history with the Hawks, it makes a lot of sense. And they're not going to be worried about whether we're going to be able to resign him this offseason because if they do – they do, and if they don't, it's no big deal. They're going all in right now. You know, and, you, and and if you're giving up a Cam Reddish to get a Schroeder, that's a great deal because you probably weren't going to bring him back anyway. So for them, the, there, there's a chance to further your opportunities to compete at the highest level now without dramatically impacting what you're looking to do going forward. And you know, you're going to card. Go ahead. Sorry. You're going to have to end up compensating a team for yeah. – if you're going to get a real play, it's like you're either getting a pick back for Schroeder because you're getting no players. And that's, that's sort of, a sell, that's sort of right. a sell scenario. If you're getting a reddish, you're probably giving up a pick because of the fact that we're in Atlanta with this player under cost control and we can't re-sign Schroeder after this year. So there's going to have to be a pick sent there to make up for the value difference in the two players. Yeah, it, it yeah, just that's what I think when it comes to short of value, I, I just don't know if the Celtics will necessarily win a deal. So it does send the wrong message if you're not if 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 the best thing you're getting back is a is a future first. I mean, if you're Tatum and Brown, you're that's like, well, a great deal. <laughs> but at the same time, if you're Tatum and Brown, you're like, well, what about this year? We I think getting anything is a good deal. But I, if honestly, if do you in, believe he's going in for a deal for someone like Kim Reddish? That's a different conversation. You know. Do, yeah. Do you believe for real, Josue, that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown think that Dennis Schroeder is the difference between them making a run or not? I don't, I don't know whether no, or not but if they you're do. Taking no. away one of their I don't think weapons, and you're not getting someone that's you if know, Dennis Schroeder's value, minutes, they're not going to be happy. If Dennis Schroeder's minutes are going to be divided among, uh, you know, uh, Peyton Pritchard showing a little bit more confidence in his shot, and Romeo Langford starting to play more meaningful minutes, and uh, Jason Richardson, who's more of a team-oriented player, is going to dominate the Josh Richardson sorry team oriented player you think Jalen and Jason are gonna are gonna lament the touches that went out the door with Schroeder leaving no they Brad might, will get more touches they might but exactly the they, they might be like the the okay <laughs> but they might be like I can live with it that's what I like I mentioned this in my call I don't Monday. think they care about Dennis Schroeder I do not believe that Dennis Schroeder <laughs> I'm sorry. They might actually want them to trade Dennis Schroeder. To just trade Dennis Schroeder. After you yelled like, at Tatum on Monday, you can't yell at Jason Tatum. They, they, they Dennis, like the offensive production. Trust the me. Woods you know, of Atlanta. If, if something's a lineup to make a deal <laughs> that includes Neesmith. I don't think like they a, like him. Yeah. If, I if, hope if there's the, not. This, go ahead. I hope there's not been there that only know for Atlanta and Schroeder because obviously they have been there, done that. Brought him into the league. He was there forever, and they sent them packing. Right, Schroeder. They traded him. So has anybody ever liked Dennis Schroeder? Me? No, I like him too. But I'm saying to his teammates, has any has anybody? Al, on a te- Al, Al, you're right. Al, you're right. Al loved them down in Atlanta. So listen, it's the a different Al's situation down there now. You ask him about Dennis. It's kind of kind of scary a little bit. Yeah, that's just like one of his favorite. And again, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. So I'm not worried about the message. I'm worried about whether a team views someone like Dennis Schroeder as the guy who's going to put us over. You know who might be dumb enough to do it? Um, the Knicks. Oh, because uh, the well, Knicks. What will you get back from New York? I don't know. What do they got? Kemba. Kemba again. Yeah, Kemba. Kemba. Another dose of Kemba. I'm good. I said it. I said it. Tongue. <laughs> then everyone will probably... be a Kemba fan again. Yeah. What's that? I probably yeah. wouldn't. I said it tongue in cheek earlier in the week. I probably wouldn't do it. 
even with the compensation from the Knicks. So right like, now, what? You probably wouldn't do it, Bobby. Well, here's why. <laughs> that is, I, there's I, a percentage of you that thinks this might actually work. Here's here's why I would think about it, Sherrod, because you're going to get an unprotected first round pick from the Knicks this year. That's what, like 13 right now? Not terrible. Yeah. I don't think the Knicks are jumping There's up no the way 20s. the Knicks would give that. Well, that's the only way you're going to get rid of that contract. For a guy who can't play right now. Oh, for Kemba. Yes. Yes. You would take Kemba in that 13 pick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's now that's different. Yeah. And I think that 13 pick is going to want to be better than 13 when all said and done. I think it's going to, I think the Knicks are going to, going to slowly but surely. But Kemba's not the problem. Kemba's not the problem because he doesn't make a ton of money anymore. Now they want to get rid of Fournier's contract. Would you take on Fournier's contract? Bobby would. (laughs) (laughs) No, just because you'd have to match it and that's sending out too much stuff. I would have signed him to that, but no, I wouldn't trade for that. Um, Kimba, Kimba first, I would do that. I would absolutely do that. And the first this year. Now, that's the sell scenario probably, right? Because unless Kemba can become a bench contributor for Boston, he's not helping you that much right now. So I'd rather go for a young player who has some promise. Um, I'm looking at the Bucks a little bit. If I'm going to bring up a shorter trade, the Bucks, they're a thin team. They have much of a bench in terms of scoring and facilitating. Uh, they're obviously a championship contending team, and they have a ton of shooting. Uh, take your pick: Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, Dante. I don't Vincenzo. want Grayson. Could you take? You wouldn't trade Schroeder for Grayson? No. Oh, did you That's see the overtime game? Yeah, he Grayson. was. He was Bobby. It has nothing to do with basketball. Has nothing to do with the salary cap. Has nothing to do. He with and Tatum hated each other. I just don't like him. He and Tatum didn't get along because Tatum showed up as a freshman and he's like, I'm the man. And like, they, they had an issue, right? You you yeah. see what I'm saying? I just yeah. don't think it's that would be vibes. good for How about the local kid, Pat Connaughton? I do like Pat. Oh, Everyone likes Pat. Letting go. I do yeah. like Pat. Milwaukee's not letting go of like him, though. Now that his shot is falling consistently and, yeah, you know, he's a great athlete. Him. No, they yeah. love him. Yeah. Yeah. And I love Pat. I love Shimmy in Milwaukee. I love Shimmy in Milwaukee. I think that's where he needs to stay. Good place for him. Don't want to go back there. Um, Rodney Hood. You know, I you know, I wasn't even thinking about. I remember when Rodney Hood came into the draft and the Celtics were t- trying to figure or out the Achilles, Rodney or James Young. Rodney yeah. or James Young. Did he tear his Achilles? Yeah. Or he had some that's type of. Good. He had he had a major injury, of some kind. I can't remember if it was Achilles or not. Um, I don't know. I mean, Milwaukee. The only guy on that team I would seriously want to do a deal for from Boston is Pat. That's the only one that to me makes sense. Forget about the hometown angle. He's a, just a good player who keeps getting better. Now they like him a lot. He's not going anywhere. No, he's there. He's, I mean, he's a, perfect. Do they, for they need what a they point need. guard though? They got a couple shooters. Dante DiVincenzo's coming back. Uh, they got to pay all these guys in the next year, two here particularly. Well, Dante, two. you're going to be able to keep on a cheap if you're Milwaukee because of the injury and because he hasn't Maybe. played. So you'll be able to keep, and he hasn't done enough to where there's going to be this huge ass. Ooh, we got to get DiVincenzo on a team. No, yeah. and they can't keep. Like and this is the problem you keep running into is whatever team receives Schroeder can't keep him long term either. Uh, so that probably shuts. Which is why, which him. is why the only teams that are going to seriously be interested in him are teams that are in win now mode. Teams that have to, in their minds, get it done now. Denver are going to get it done. That's why yeah. Atlanta. I, I keep coming back to Atlanta. That just makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. How about Denver? They've got. I don't really know what to make of Denver's team. Yeah, they got issues, man. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's I mean, gone, gone need, right for them. You need some scoring there. You need a guy to fill point guard while Jamal's out. Maybe they send you Jeff Green. 
Maybe. Why would that? Bobby, Bobby had a thing for Jeff Green last year. It's uh, it's good, you know. I'm a. I'm Listen, just you need another wing. <laughs> you got him. His name is Romeo. That's what I'm saying. All their most of their pieces are just they're either banged up or you're not quite sure about. I the wouldn't mind Michael Green though. I would not mind him. I like him. He's got a. He's got. He's got like poor man Draymond syndrome. He's a. He's man. a power forward. Yeah. I can live he's with that. Power forward. I can. I, so I, that's can an I don't know if you team. need that with this team. I don't know if you necessarily need that, but from just from t- and Will Barton, who I love, he's you a little score. expensive. But to yeah, you to your point, you're right. Dallas point guard next to Luca, looking at maybe uh, Finney Smith. Meh. No. They look good in no. those. Sterling Brown, no. Bullock, no. I just don't want to deal with Fire on Josh Green. Listen, I think the mold of what you're going to get for Schroeder is a low-cost young guy who's on a rookie deal that matches with Schroeder, a pick, or you could potentially take on extra salary with the TP, but the Celtics probably won't do that. I don't think they're going to dive deeper into the tax with where they're at. So, do you think a there's young a market for pick. Josh Richardson? Do you think there's a market for Josh? A lot of people seem to think so. I'm surprised by that. More than I, mean, I think the fact that he has an extra year on on, extra on his I know. Year. but I don't know. Is that a good thing, or do you just want salary to match and then move I on? I think it's a good thing if you're talking about a team that Teams wants like to have add a medium him. salary. Yeah, and test test him out for a year, and then see what he'll do in a contract year next season. But if you're right. looking to win right now, I don't think he's a good fit because again, he's got that extra year, and if you're not really sure if you're going to want him beyond this season coming up, no, I don't, I don't think, think I don't think we. I don't think what you get yeah. for him helps you at all either. Though, it feels like they were trying good. to dump him like crazy. They were thrilled the Celtics took him. So I don't know. Has he been rehabilitated to the point that, um, that the mid range jumper has me kind of excited about watching him play now? Mid range is sexy again. Listen, yeah. I don't know if it's exactly. fool's goal or what, but I know when he he's plays, thirty five percent from three too. He's got to get back out back. Yeah. I mean, he's been actually a much better shooter for a guy who historically has not been a shooter in this mm-hmm. league. So, and All he's right. a valuable match. Well, this is the guy that they wanted, you know, yeah, the guy from yeah. Miami. We're yeah. just getting started on this conversation. We know we got a lot of you guys joining us here, but we're going to tell you, we're going to move things over momentarily. First off, just want to tell you one of our sponsors, LinkedIn.com. Uh, go, it's uh, LinkedIn Talent Solutions. If you're looking to hire, get a chance to post your first job for free if you go to linkedin.com slash garden. Once again, linkedin.com slash garden. We're talking about Josue, how many people? 700 million 700 million <laughs> it's amazing there's that many adults in the 70 sense. million 70 million <laughs> 775 million people on linkedin <laughs> <laughs> there's so, so many of them they're all they, everyone has access to the internet nowadays i guess so everyone's yes, on linkedin people sure. yeah right um so they're there looking to hire baby so um you know we're looking for jobs so if you've got uh, you want to post a job, LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Go to linkedin.com slash garden. Post your first job for free. Uh, what we're going to tell you now is we're going to head, we're going to take this whole situation over to Twitter Spaces so we can hear from you guys. It's the first time doing that this, doing that this season. Um, so we're going to wrap things up here um, and head on over. We can do the same thing we've always done. Sherrod, if you want to head over with me, you and I can go first. Bobby and Josue can put a bow on this. Bobby, do you have studio control or no? I do. 
Okay, you can wrap the show up. Don't let, don't go more than a couple of minutes. Okay, um, yeah, and just put, <laughs> put a bow on here. Remind it to everybody. Uh, the link is in the YouTube chat here, um, so it's pinned. You guys can jump on in there. We're gonna hop on over um, and uh, and do that thing uh, for a little while. Talk trades. Bring your trades. Fire uh, machine. Yeah, we want to hear from you guys. So uh, let me do press one more button here, and we'll head out. And Bobby, I'll give you full control. Uh, guys, we're heading over. Bobby Josue, come join us in a minute.